with a look back over the weekend sport action. This is Full Time on KCLR. Yes, a very good evening and welcome to a full time on this Monday evening, the 17th of July with myself, Martin Quilty. As always, we have a busy schedule ahead because very shortly I am going to be having a chat with Kilkenny football manager Christy Welch about the Junior All-Ireland final yesterday. Joe Nolan from the Left Wing podcast is going to be joining me on the phone to discuss all things Carlo related senior hurling. And I caught up with Michael Verney, who is sports writer with the Irish. Irish Independent and along with Our Game podcast to discuss the Kilkenny and Limerick upcoming All-Ireland final and about a fundraiser that's coming up for O'Loughlin Gales as well. But first of all, I'm going to go to the phone lines and yesterday Kilkenny took on New York in Crow Park in the All-Ireland Junior Football final. It was a repeat of last year after Kilkenny had defeated London on Friday evening to get there and their manager is Christy Welsh and Christy joins me on the phone line right now. Christy, how are you this evening, good sir? Good evening, Martin. How are you doing? Ah, sure. All right now. Disappointment, I suppose, for yourselves and the team yesterday. He had a good win last year after the semi-final win um, on the Friday evening. Tough task again this weekend coming. He had a very tough game against London on Friday night in Abbottstown. The final was played yesterday against New York and unfortunately just a point was in it at the very end. And this year, you were on the receiving end of the lost Christie. I suppose you've had a 24 hours now to reflect on the, the game itself. Tell us about it. What's your overall thoughts this afternoon or this evening, I should say? Uh, first of all, Mark, it is very disappointing. All right, we um, we were we were very sluggish the first half. We were very very uh, passive, I suppose is the word. And uh, we went in five points down at half time. And we, we well look, there was a lot more energy in us in the second half. We made a couple of substitutions which helped things, uh, and and we got into the game well. And we got uh, we went into two point lead, and they they they, they drew it back, uh, got two points back for a draw. Then we went to uh, at sixty one minutes, like uh, on the clock, we we were a point, we were still a point up. So um, after coming back and taking the lead twice, uh, it was a pity we didn't hold it out. I suppose, Christy, the first half may have been a little bit different as well because I think it was Mike and Malone had a, a goal chance as well that was in this that went astray and potentially if that had to be taken or go in, things might have that been a little bit different at half-time. But when you say they were sluggish, do you, you relate that to the game that you had on Friday evening because it was only a 48-hour turnaround to get from Abbottstown on Friday evening to come out of a one-point victory over London and then go to Dublin yesterday as well to play in an All-Ireland final it's a tough task on a group of fellas it is it is I look at Mike he got his little note to be in because he was kicking the ball and that kind of put him off because he's usually very accurate and he, uh, he he's a great man to score those type of goals back through the years so I won't blame him for that um, look yeah that was the kind of, we were we were we were conscious of that Friday even that we had a tough we we we, we had a very tough match like in rough in bad enough conditions Friday evening to, to win by a point against London and maybe uh, New York hadn't as tough a, uh, a game before us but look they had to play a game as well and I suppose they had you know they're after travelling across the Atlantic so you know we, while it's a bit of an excuse we can't really and it, it, it might have it might have caused a bit of the, the, our um, passiveness in the first half which, which we can't really use an excuse either because they, they had, they had a, a longer journey and they had a game as well Friday evening so, so it was much of a muchness 
I suppose on the other hand Christy it's great that this competition is there for the players as well because I heard your post-match interview afterwards with the media as well and it's fantastic that you have 40 fellas that's there in Kilkenny willing to go and train and they want to play football for their county as well which is phenomenal and I believe there may be plans to extend it a small little bit this year and I'd say there are plans that you're welcoming the, the development of that as well because if you can get an extra couple of games in with these lads all the better for yourself and for the team Ah, yeah, it's, it's kind of just like a, a bit of a blitz, really, isn't it? Like, you know, we, we, we started off there three months ago, uh, ten weeks ago, whatever it was, and uh, it was all leading to this weekend. But I suppose it's, it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, there was something mentioned this about expanding the, the competition, but I don't know where that go, where's that going. Hopefully to America, Martin, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> well, we won't say no to that anyway, Christy. A return trip or something like that. So, um yeah, it's uh, look. It, 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 it was great. We're getting great uh, support, a great turnout over the last since this thing started last year. Uh, there was no county, there was no Canadian, no football there during the the, the COVID year. So, so we, we started back last year, and, and we asked a lot of players, and, and there has been a great interest. Uh, you know, I suppose the, the fact that there's a split season, there's no hurling. The hurling will start next month, we'll say, and we kind of had a run at it for 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 a few months. With you know, we weren't cutting across any. All these guys are still playing hurling, like, and they're training probably Tuesdays, Fridays, and Sundays, but but. You know, they're not playing any serious hurling games until next month, and that that gives us a window of, of, of opportunity, all right, to to, to to get them together playing football. And we go Mondays, and then for the last month or so, Mondays and Thursday nights. But uh, yeah, they need to, like we need plenty of football. Yeah, we need a lot more of it, like than than just ten weeks at one night a week or two nights a week. Talking about a lot and, more. And they're improving every week. Like they're improving every week. It's, it's like anything. Like the more you're at, the better you get. You know. Yeah, exactly. Talking about getting more football, I suppose. Where do you stand on the debate within the circle that? I've said it to you uh, a Friday night as well that a lot of people don't believe that Kilkenny play football or they don't take it seriously but you can look at this group of lads that they certainly do but where do you stand with say in relation to a national football league and potentially with Kilkenny coming back in to get them extra few matches or to get a couple of more matches in the league format itself are we far away from getting a team there do you think? I don't know. Is there any appetite for it? I mean, I, I, I suppose if the government put to their head, county board or the Leinster council or whoever's responsible for that, I suppose that they'd have to do it. But I don't think it is. I don't know. Is there any great pressure at all from anybody really? And like, and as we don't have underage county teams as such or development squads, 15, 16, 18, or under 20 or anything like that, you know, you, you need you need you need to start somewhere, and you need you need. Um, you need panels of players coming on, like if you know what I mean. A, a lot of our bar, I suppose, the Mondavac guys who've had success with Linster campaigns over the last couple of years, and uh, you know they they've won a, a lot of the county football championships over the last couple of years. They get a reasonable amount of football, but uh, most of the other uh, most of the other guys don't really. You know, it's it's but you know for most of them, their only football is the last couple of weeks. 
Do you think it is doable, Christy? Um, I mean, I know I, I know Wexford gave us a, a superior beat and going back there a few years ago as well at a minor level and it was all over the national media and everything with it. But I mean, do you think that realistically it, it is now the time to start with these development squads at underage and see if we can develop it, that we can move it along in a couple of years' time and potentially to get a team back into the National Football League? Well, if the pressure is put on them, and if if people if they have to, I'm sure it is doable. If the, if the will is there, uh, you know, I know if the, if the desire is there, if the will is there, I'm sure it is. Like, I mean, but but um, I don't think there's any great. Is, is there anybody talking about it? I don't think there's anyone. You know, there's no great. Um, I don't hear of anybody in in, in the GA circles and take any uh, discussing it. Uh, it. It's not. It doesn't even arise, to be honest. Yeah, which it doesn't even arise, and that but that has to come from higher authority, as they say, from Croke Park or from the Leinster Council or whatever. And I suppose until when it does, it might happen. But I'd say I don't know to be honest with you. Yeah, which is a pity because it, it, it would be nice. It would be a long-term thing, like, and I know it's always thrown at Kilkenny that they literally don't make no effort. And Kilkenny, it isn't that like. It was it was that comparison with other counties uh, that don't do hurling and all that, and that's I suppose that's the, the usual answer. Uh, so what do you do yourselves like you're not winning anything in football or hurling? Whereas Kilkenny are playing the All Ireland final next week, and and, and probably will be in the All Ireland final and were there last year, and could and will probably be there again next year at different age level. So you know it, that's kind of a kind of the stock answer, I suppose. Like what, what the rest of you doing? Uh, you know, with your two games? Yeah. Christy, I suppose uh, it's a short time after the fact as well, but for yourself and for the, the team now as well, you got to back-to-back All-Ireland Finals, won last year's, lost this year's. Where can you see yourself and the team going for next year? Well, it's the third. Uh, this this, this uh, competition now it is a three-year run, so the next year is the third year of it. And uh, all going well, and depending on everything else... Uh, We'll have to go at it again next year. That's, if, if it's going on next year, we'll have to, or somebody will have to get a team together again in uh, next March, April, and, and go at it again and try and wrest the title back from New York. In all fairness, New York is in a great form. Like, they can bring, they can bring uh, guys over there and, and, and the quality of the players they had. And, and while we might have a lot of issues with Gaelic football here in Kilkenny I can imagine they have a lot more in, in New York trying to get the team together and finances and bring them on to to, to, to bring them over to Ireland for a week or however long or short they're staying and, and, and to keep the thing going like yeah. I, I'd imagine with, you know they've uh, they've had the job in ourselves really if you, if you look at the practicalities of it uh, and the logistics so yeah, exactly. One, one, one thinks they have problems when you look at maybe travelling on a, a train journey for two or three hours to try and get to practice and then do practice and then go home again. You know, yeah, some counties certainly have it easy. Christy, uh, as always, thanks a million for being so open and frank with us and for having a discussion with us. You've done brilliantly this year getting to the all Ireland final again. Commiserations, it was a tough task after the game on Friday evening. I know it did take a lot out of the team as well and I know you were worried about yesterday um, but still there was only a kick at the ball between the teams nothing really um, and you can certainly be proud of your achievements again this year and well done to you and all of the team on your achievements so far Thank you very much Martin
Talk again. Thank yep, you. we certainly will, Christy. It has been a pleasure. That was Christy Welsh, there, the Kilkenny football manager, with some interesting ideas. And I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well with people out there. Let me know on the dinnersready.ie contact line 083 306 9696. Should Kilkenny be entering a football team into the National League? And you heard what Christy has to say there as well. Do we need structures to be started early, put in place for development squads? at underage level to bring this team on as well would love to get your thoughts get in contact with us now we will have Joe Nolan from the Left Wing Podcast coming up with us to discuss all things hurling in Carlo Senior Hurling Championship right after this quick break don't go anywhere Full time on KCLOR with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen vehicles at Lahartz the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny lahartzvolkswagen.ie your Monday night sports show Full Time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty Welcome back into Full Time with myself on this Monday evening it's a little after 20 past 6 if you're waiting on the time for meetings or anything this evening still plenty of time to be listening in to ourselves here one person I can't get at the minute and that is Mr. Joe Nolan because the phone is not ringing for me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip part three and part two around and I managed to catch up with Michael Verney as I said earlier. He is a sports writer with the Irish Independent and he is also part of the Our Game podcast and we had a discussion about the Kilkenny and Limerick game that's coming up on Sunday because he's going to be emceeing an event for O'Loughlin Gales on Thursday evening over there in Johns Park. And this is what Michael had to say earlier on today. I am delighted to be joined on the phone this evening by Michael Verney, who is a sports writer with the Irish Independent and also does the Air Game podcast with Shane Stapleton. And he joins me on the line this evening. Michael, how are you good, sir? Very good, Martin, and yourself? Ah, sure, all good now. Everybody in Kilkenny is preparing for a magnificent weekend of sport. The build-up to it is started already. It has been brilliant. The colours are coming out. Amazing to see how many Limerick people are actually living in Kilkenny with the Limerick flags flying about high as well. But that's the fun about it. That's what it's all about, enjoying the build-up to it. And no doubt, with yourself working with the paper and the Irish Independent as well, looking forward to a huge game. Kilkenny, Limerick, renewing rivalries that were there last year how do you see the game going first of all yeah it's a, it's a massive build up to it Martin it's, it's just kind of tipping along there the last week football took, took central billing over the weekend but you really get into it now we're, we're six days out now and you can just feel the buzz and even it's gas when you say about the colours coming out you only really find out people's kind of loyalties or, or their heritage in, in the weeks coming up to big games when flags start appearing maybe that you haven't seen it at other stages of the year and you could see one house with a, a black and amber flag on one side of the house and it could be a, a green and white flag on the other side of the house and that's all kind of that's all kind of part of it too but I tell you if Martin if it's anything close to the drama we were served up last year it, it promised to be an absolute cracker and obviously you have Sean Finn and Declan Hannon missing from uh, from Limerick from that team last year and Keane Lynch thrown back into the mix and Kilkenny maybe bringing the hurt and experience of losing last year's final by two points when they when they brought Limerick down the stretch yeah it should, it should be a belter of a game and I'm sure the Kilkenny lads are, are quietly confident uh, and even Owen Cody's post-match interview after the Clare game just maybe saying that you know in some quarters that he felt the team weren't getting enough credit or that the you know people weren't rating them as highly as they should be 
you know, that suggested that the beat is really between the teeth and TJ Reid TJ Reed said as much in the aftermath of that Clare game too that there was a bit of hurt there and they were going to bottle it and get everything they possibly could and produce as big a performance as they could on Sunday and I, th- I think it's, it's set up to be an absolute brilliant game you have Limerick going for four in a row trying to join uh, the great Kilkenny team of 6 to one nine, and you have Kilkenny on the flip side of it trying to avoid an unwanted four in a row as in if they lose on Sunday they'll have lost the last four All-Ireland finals they've appeared in which is definitely something that those lads don't want to be part of so it's beautifully poised heading into Sunday It certainly is and I suppose the last time that Kilkenny lost back to back All-Ireland was actually in 1998-99 the 99 one of course being Brian Cole his first year um, as manager in as well and we can see what he went on to do in the years that followed this is now Jerry Sling first time in as manager having lost last year's All-Ireland final can history repeat itself with Derek pushing on potentially maybe the same way as Cody with a team that he have can you see that happening or can Limerick bring their dominance on Sunday do the four in a row as you say like Kenny did I think it's only twice it's ever been done Cork done it in the 40s Kenny done it in the early noughties as well can this Limerick team be put on that top pedestal and do four in a row themselves well it's amazing when, when you just chat about De- Derek Ling firstly you know Talk, like they talk about poison chalices trying to replace, you know, you know, one of the greats, be it David Myers replacing Alex Ferguson or, or Derek Lynn replacing Brian Cody. Brian in the last seven years couldn't get over the line, probably with you know, with maybe more limited squads than he had in the when Kilkenny were in their pomp in the noughties. Imagine Derek who come in and getting all Ireland in his first year and he, he has put his stamp on it. I think Brian definitely adapted to you know the way the modern game is but Derek has probably pushed that on another bit and I think Kilkenny are an awful lot more comfortable um, would say kind of playing through the lines and sticking to a process even in the, the dying minutes of the Clare game they weren't going lamp and ball up the field they were sticking to what they'd obviously agreed to do kept working the ball through the lines stayed brave and they were able to uh, you know they were able to carry out the, the instructions from the line really really well when the need was the greatest and when the pressure was at its highest so it'd be fascinating for, for Derek Ling and Peter Barry and Michael Rice and the lads if they're able to get over the line in the first one from a Limerick point of view like when you look at the stats John Kiley has been uh, involved in 12 finals 12 senior finals with this Limerick squad they've won all 12 of them like that's absolutely phenomenal I think it's four All-Ireland five Munsters and three league finals like I, I, there's no manager boasts a record like that realistically will this be on lucky number 13 who knows or, or will they kick on again I, I wouldn't expect there to be much more than a ball between between the two sides and it's going to be some fascinating matchups as well there's, there's talk of potentially David Blanchfield being out with an injury worried to be out he'd be a huge loss for the Cats just because he offers so much kind of versatility and adaptability across the half back line he could pick up any one of those players there he could potentially push out to midfield as well and um, he's obviously very, very good going forward as well. But loads of fascinating matchups and just so much to get your teeth stuck into. So many big questions um, that we're all going to be asking this week. And uh, we should find out the answers around five o'clock on Sunday. I suppose the, the question is, are we going to have a draw potentially the way things are going between these two teams? Because there's certainly not much in it. I just want to bring you back a small little bit though because obviously we mentioned the two managers, Jerry Kling and John Coyley with Limerick, two formidable people. You know, they're very competitive. They want to do their best as well. But you mentioned a couple of the backroom team there with yeah, Peter Barry and Michael Rice in with Kilkenny and obviously Connor Field and three great men who was worn the, uh, the black and 
and Amber with Kilkenny as well. How much of a difference do you see with Kilkenny's style of play? And on the other side, you obviously have Paul Kinnerk, who has been John Coyley's right-hand man as well. Is he now going to have to adapt maybe his style of play to suit the Kilkenny game? Or how do you see the, the backroom teams helping their management out this weekend? Yeah, just, just on the Kilkenny style of play, so I was chatting to JJ Laney there a few weeks ago in our game and he was just saying, I said, I asked him, you know, have you seen any distinct differences in Derek's regime maybe compared to Brian's and a couple of things he pointed out and even in the semi-final it kind of happened again. I don't think you would have seen Mikey Butler's goal in, in the Leinster final under Brian. Um, I just, you know, he would have went to a point and then I think he would have stopped because he was a cornerbacker because he was a man-marker. Same in the in the All-Ireland semi-final. I don't think you would have seen Mikey solo in the length of the field but the ball off the ground and, and everything. I don't think you would have seen things like that. There's maybe a bit more freedom in uh, positionally and even in style to play. Um, and I think he's probably given them that from a you know from a Paul Connor point of view. Like it's fascinating to to watch him on the sideline. You see, they were under big pressure against Galway in the semi final. There's no point in saying any difference. And you just see Connor sitting down. I'd love to know what's on this bit of paper, but he's scribbling little bits and pieces on a paper. I don't know whether it's formations or whatever. But once he got his head around what what Galway were doing to stifle Limerick, all of a sudden that message was conveyed to the lads on the pitch, and you had a different team probably from the 30th minute onwards. So. Canuck is huge in, in the Limerick machine. They've got some brilliant coaches there as well. Alan Cunningham, Timmy Hula and Angus O'Brien and others kind of feeding in and Caroline Curd obviously a psychologist feeding him with John Kiley. But Canuck is probably the you know, the real kind of brains behind it all and anybody that's that's worked in a setup that he's been involved in just says that he kind of blow you away with his with his level of thinking and for a very I've interviewed him before as well for a very intelligent man I think it's a, one of his key traits is that he's able to dumb it down shall we say for the likes of himself and make it uh, digestible and um, that I'd understand exactly what he's saying I think he's able to do it with the Limerick players as well um, as intelligent as he is he's able to get the message across to them and they seem to be able to carry out his instructions to the letter of the law yeah. and if anything Limerick were as good as they've been this year uh, at any stage as good as they've been at any stage this year in the last half an hour of that All-Ireland semi-final and maybe that's the, the worrying thing from a Kilkenny point of view that the Green Machine having maybe nearly been off, off track earlier on this year they are firmly on course and they're, they're ravenous for that four in a row they, they certainly are well, we're all looking forward to it and I suppose the build up is going to be continuing with ourselves here on KCLR all week as well with different events that's coming up but O'Loughlin Gales obviously have a fundraiser going on on Thursday evening this week and that's why we have you on mainly as well is because you're going to be emceeing a preview show up in uh, St John's Park there in the O'Loughlin's GAA Club uh, grounds and there's lots of experts I suppose coming in from the world of Kikenny and from Limerick you have the likes of Eddie Brennan Niall Moran Cyril Farrell is going to be there the now recently retired Brian Dowling of course an O'Loughlin's man he was the senior Camogie manager and it is all going to be emceed by the man I am talking to and that is of course Michael Verney Michael looking forward to uh, Thursday night because it sounds like it's going to be a cracking enjoyment and a, a good laugh up in O'Loughlin's yeah, definitely, Mark. Yeah, a great, a great night in store. Um, there's, a, there's a fair whack of All-Ireland medals going to be there anyway. And you obviously have a three-time All-Ireland manager, uh, winning manager in Cyril Farrell and one of the greatest minds uh, in the GA and one of the great characters within the GA. I think we all could say near the university that he's, uh, he's badly missed from the Sunday game. He was one of the icons of the, the old Sunday game, shall we say. But he'll... Uh, 
he'll bring he'll bring all his all his sayings and all his wisdom to uh, to O'Loughlin Gales on Thursday night. And obviously, Eddie, we're going to kind of a little bit of a face-off between Eddie and Niall Moran at different stages. Niall Moran is uh, obviously coming into enemy territory, and he's never one to shirk away from giving his opinion. So uh, it should be a good fun when those two kind of lock horns as well. And there's also on the night as well. There's also um, two All Ireland tickets up for grabs in a raffle and. A, Kenny jersey as well so uh, a big fundraiser for the for the O'Loughlin club and uh, should be a great night in store all the information is available on the O'Loughlin Gales uh, social media channels the admission is, is 20 quid and uh, we've got some great uh, O'Loughlin legends there Brian Dowling as you mentioned Brian Hogan obviously all Ireland winning captain Mark Bergen and we have Laura Murphy who's involved with the, the Kilkenny Camogie team as well so uh, and it, the, the event is not being recorded or anything like that so it'll be uh, whatever is said in the room it will stay in the room should be should be good should be good crack and good fun and uh, lots of off the record chat shall we say and uh, no holes barred uh, uh, no no holes barred is the right way Un- unfiltered uh, unfiltered chat and hurling kind of banter so it should be should be great fun on the night it certainly is well that is the sideline court as we said from O'Loughlin Gales in uh, Kilkenny there on Thursday evening from seven o'clock a list of guests available tickets are twenty euro and. Uh, they are available through Eventbrite and all the details, as Michael said, is online through their social media. Michael Verney, thanks very much for joining me on full time this evening. Uh, the very best of luck to yourselves and all of the gang there on Thursday, no doubt. It'll be a fantastic evening and we look forward to a great weekend on Sunday, in particular with the all Ireland final coming up. Great stuff, Martin. Thank you many for having me. Yeah, that was Michael Verney there from the Irish Independent and the Our Game podcast. Right, time to see if we can get Joe Nolan back on the phone again to talk all things Carlo Senior Hurling Championship. And I'm going to do that. And while I'm trying to do that, you can listen to this quick ad break. Don't go anywhere. Full time on KCLOR. With thanks to the full range of Skoda vehicles at Lahartz, the home of Skoda in Kilkenny, lahartzskoda.ie. At Fitzpatrick's Opal Carlo, we're half full type of people, which is how we come up with the Opal 50-50 finance offer. Choose from the Opal Crossland, Corsa or Mocha. Select your flexible payment option. Pair it with three years free servicing and meet your new other half. Discover more about Opal's 50-50 offer at the Opal Open Road event. See opalcarlo.ie for details. Finance is provided by way of a consumer hire purchase agreement by Bank of Ireland Finance. Lending criteria and conditions apply over 18s only. Ownership remains with Bank of Ireland until the final payment is made. Bank of Ireland trading as of Bank of Ireland Finance is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. At Lockboy Shopping Centre, you'll find all your favourite stores in one location. So shop local at Caulfield Supervalue, O'Brien's Butcher, Paddy Power, Sam McCauley, Studio One Barbers, Lockboy Library and more. With free car parking, visit Lockboy Shopping Centre for everything you need. Lockboy Shopping Centre, at the heart of the community. Gamble responsibly. Hope is something we give to each other. Thanks to your donations, Pieta's 24-hour crisis helpline is able to receive over 100,000 calls and texts a year. Your support means that all of Pieta's vital services are free and available nationwide, which means that free suicide prevention therapy delivered by qualified therapists is always just a phone call away. To make a life-saving gift today, go to pieta.ie. Pieta, ending suicide, beginning hope. 
Looking back over the weekend action, full time on KCLR with Martin Quilty. Yes, welcome back into full time with myself on this Monday evening. We have little eyes looking in at us. Their next sports presenter, young Alice, is looking in and listening on to what's going on. And a great camogie player she's going to be very soon, I can tell you as well. We're talking about all things GAA action. It's time that we move on to Carlo and to the senior hurling championship that was on at the weekend. And none other than Mr. Joe Nolan from the Left Wing Podcast is joining me this evening, which he won't be getting as rushed this evening either. We have a little bit of time, Joe, to discuss things, all things senior hurling in Carlo. So, Mr. Joe Nolan, how are you this evening? He's gone. I haven't got Joe. <laughs> Isn't that why I haven't got Joe? Now, we're okay, we're in a, a little spot of bother there with Joe. He's gone uh, a few ways on me. Um, so, I don't know where Joe has gone. We were going to have to see. So, I'm going to give that to herself here beside me. If you can get that phone number for me, Lillian. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do the sports roundup right now. And then I'm going to come back and see if we can get Joe Nolan back on the phone again. So, we're going to start with Camogie News and talking about Alice. Alice will be happy because our mammy is a Dixborough woman and Dixborough were crowned senior all-county champions yesterday after defeating Thomastown in Danes Fort in the final and they won it fairly handy as well so well done to Dixborough in ladies football Carlo are going to take on down this Sunday coming in the All-Ireland Junior Ladies Football Championship semi-final in Parnell Park and the game has a 2pm throw-in so if you're going to Parnell Park for the ladies football on Sunday make sure that you leave early because you're going to get caught in Kilkenny traffic going to Dublin as well in soccer Republic of Ireland manager Vera Pau says there's really good hopes that Denise O'Sullivan will be fit enough to face Australia in Thursday's Mammoth World Cup group opener O'Sullivan sustained a painful shin injury during last Friday's controversial behind closed doors game against Colombia in golf news Rory McIlroy is back on winning terms after his victory in the Genesis Scottish Open McElroy birdied his final two holes to claim the win by one stroke and as we said earlier it's great preparation for him in advance of the opening holes at the Open which starts this Thursday in Royal Liverpool and finally in tennis news Novak Djokovic's 10 year winning run on centre court at Wimbledon has come to an end yesterday he lost in a five set thriller to Spain's Carlos Alcaraz in the men's singles final the 20-year-old Spaniard became the youngest man to win the championship in 37 years and it's his second Grand Slam title after claiming the US Open last year. Right, thank you to Vanessa and Shannon outside. Let's see if we can talk to Mr. Joe and Nolan now. Joe, how are you this evening? Good, sir. Uh, very good, Martin. Yeah, all good here, yep. Thanks Perfect. For having we, me on. we have you at long last this time, so now we can do a bit of discussing on all things Carlo Hurling, and I don't have to rush you as much either this evening. We have a small little bit of time. So, as I say, uh, it was the next round of the Carlo Senior Hurling Championship. You were at two games at the weekend. So, give us a rundown. Fill us in which one you were at first of all, and how did the match go? Yeah, I was in at the double header on uh, yesterday evening there um, in the Netwatch Cullen Park. So the first game was uh, Bagnestown Gales and Navon Moishal. 
Um, I suppose a lot on the line for, for both teams for, from different points of view. And they've only, I suppose, had two losses. And so we're obviously keen to look for the win in order to try to secure a semi-final place. And I suppose Bagginstown Gales were trying to bounce back maybe after a, a kind of a crushing defeat against Mullinster um, Rangers in the previous round. So a lot at stake for both teams. And I suppose it was kind of evident in, in the way the game panned out. Um, the first half, I suppose, um, was notable from the point of view, from Bankstown Gales' point of view, that they only registered one point from, from play during the, the first half, and Craig Dyle accounted for um, seven frees um, in that period as well. So I suppose, uh, uh, you know, it was quite low scoring, and I suppose that would have suited Navo and Michel. Um, first half, um, I suppose what the key moment was a goal for Navo and Michel, um, just coming up near the end of the half. Um, Scott Tracy, who ended up. With, scoring two goals in the night um, was on the end of a great team move from from Nave Owen um, and he finished to the net and so at half time it was it was not 8 to uh, one five. Um so I suppose it was set up I suppose then for, for a big second half and I suppose like we said Nave Owen in particular had a, had a huge amount to play for um, Dwayne Cavan I suppose was central to their plans last night he was um, exceptional at centre back and um, I suppose with their with their half back line on top and their back line on top in general um, I suppose it gave them a great platform uh, to stay in the game and I suppose that's the way it panned out but in fairness to, to Bagginstown Gales they, they kept popping up with the points um, Mark McDonald on his introduction tipped over a point Danny Doyle got a point um, as well um, and Craig Wall was deadly ac- or Craig sorry Doyle was deadly accurate from freeze all night and I suppose they got a little bit of a fortuitousness themselves as well um, in the second half when they got a major um, through Paddy McDonald. The ball hit, hit the post and dropped, I suppose, at his feet. But he had to squeeze home from a tight angle um, against a very informed Brian Tracy, who was, again, excellent last night, as he ever, as he ever was. Um, and that gave Bagginstown Gales a three-point lead. But... In fairness to Navo Michel, which they've shown all year, um, they bounced back um, and they got another major of their own in, in exactly the same circumstances. Um, a long ball hit the hit the Bagginstown Gales post and bounced back to Scott Tracy and he finished past Andrew Townsend, giving them no chance. And I suppose that was quickly followed up then. That that drew the match level um, just coming up, I think, on the 58 or 59th minute. And amazingly enough, uh, Bagginstown Gales then turned over the next puck out. Uh, sorry, Navo Michel turned over the next Bagginstown Gales book out when they elected to go short and and uh, Navo Michel turned them over one of three uh, Colin Beck who was uh, accurate all night uh, he tapped it over to give Navo um, a one point lead um, coming in as say close to injury time but again I suppose like you said big big players step up on, on big occasions and um, in fairness to uh, Craig Dyle he tipped over the next two points um, one from a free one from play uh, the free I suppose been um, two big frees I suppose really in that time the one to level it um, and then want to put them ahead and I suppose for different reasons um, again we talk about calm heads in, in different situations Keen Doyle did well to win a free on the 65 and uh, Craig Doyle had a difficult free into the breeze and across the breeze I suppose to draw the match and then the Bagginstown Gales hunted in packs near the end turned over a, a, a Michel uh, short possession I suppose in, in the in the Michel uh, back line and tapped over a free and then got the insurance then as well so that game ended um, once 16, um, some 19 points to 211, uh, 17 points uh, in favour of Navo and Michel. And I suppose, uh, I think that might ultimately seal Navo and chances in terms of uh, progression to the semi final. And I suppose for Bagginstown, it probably puts them realistically with, with one foot in the semi final with two wins from three games.
I suppose looking at the games then that was on the, the weekend and that you're after seeing so far do you think that anyone is going to come close to St Mullins again this year or do you think that they're going to claim the crown again can anyone really put it up to them? Well, I suppose, interestingly enough, I suppose maybe we saw a little, I suppose I have to be a little bit biased here, I suppose maybe we saw a little more green shoots from, I suppose we talk about the the, 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 the same Mullins and, and uh, Mullins Rangers game maybe in a minute, but look, it's going to take, it's going to take a, a, a great team to beat them, you know, they're, they're, we talked about their pedigree, we, we know what they are in terms of as a club team and obviously sprinkled with inter-county players as well, all at the peak of their, their powers, but I suppose they have been pushed close in, in recent years by various teams and I suppose last night's second game maybe uh, gave us maybe a more reason maybe to you know another kind of cat amongst the pigeons maybe with the you know re-emergence of my own club Ballinkillen maybe into the into the title race in terms of not maybe in the with in terms of just getting the victory. But maybe the manner manner of their victory, and maybe you know how they're how they're maybe shaping up as the, as the championship goes on. So I think St Mullins, you know, they'll they'll find a few, they'll have a few more bumps in the road in terms of um, you know with with various teams maybe peaking for a semi final or a final. But um, I think it, it's building nicely. Like I said, um, Ballinkillen in the second game had a big win over uh, Nave Breed. It finished two twenty one to one ten in favour of Ballinkillen and. I suppose you know it probably was a win that that margin probably deserved in terms of on the night. Um, Ballinkillen were sharper, um, got in for a couple of goals. Mark, Mark Foley um, got uh, one goal, and um, I suppose the highlight of the game, I suppose in, in some ways, was there was some lovely scores from debutant Shane Kelly, who I think ended up with with five if not six points from play. Um, he's just out with minor, so he was he made his, his championship debut uh, last night, and I suppose from a Ballin Killen point of view, having their key players back to fitness and I suppose a couple more to come back in as well, I think that'll be key if if from a Ballin Killen point of view, and I suppose the same Monster Rangers in terms of injuries and so on, if 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 any team and Bagnestown Gales as well, I suppose if any team is to is to press um, say Mullins and try to wrestle the the title from them, um, they'll need to be taken from a full a full hand going forward, and I suppose. That's that's key for every club at this stage. I suppose, Joe, I'm not looking to belittle the competition either, but when you have only the, the six teams that is involved in it, and I mean, the teams that are there are competing for it, and, you know, they want to go out and they win it. But with so few teams in it, are the teams really getting meaningful games when it comes to this? Because the six teams competing in it, four of those teams are now going to go into the county semi-finals. So, realistically, is the hard hitting or the the knocks or the big games only going to start to come when the four teams for the semi-finals are known um, well look yeah look I suppose there's a couple of things there to, to say on that I mean look I suppose look right, there is only six teams and I suppose look with four go, four going through the semi-finals you know you can kind of time your own in terms of you know, or maybe identifying key key games where you can get your wins, or maybe get your wins more, more easier than than other games. But I suppose the reality, Martin, in a lot of competitions, and we've seen it probably at the weekend in terms of even at intercounty senior football title. I mean, for for any of us who were, who, if, whether you're vaguely interested or not, as I say, in football, you wouldn't have gone far wrong. A lot of people would have even predicted Kerry and you know and Dublin to be an all in the final this year. So I suppose in in every competition. And, and we saw that with the Super 8s in terms of you know the, the games and, and teams just going through the motions so I suppose in every competition there's an element of shadow boxing I suppose uh, obviously I suppose with, with 
with a finite number of teams, you know, sorry, with a, with a small number of teams, should I say, um, uh, in Carlow, it, it does make some of the matches maybe at a different tempo than others. But I suppose what people realise, or maybe mightn't realise, and I think it's a massive factor in, in, in why our county teams, or our, our county champions, should I say, uh, do so well when they do progress out of Carlow, as in that they, they are as competitive as, as any club team out there is because of the number of inter-county hurlers or hurlers with inter-county experience scattered amongst all the teams. So, you know, every team, if it's if it's Mullins or Rangers or, or St. Mullins or Ballinkillen or wherever else, you know, has five or six or seven lads who have, uh, you know, Grace Crow Park in recent years at quite a high level at, at inter-county level and played Lee McCarthy hurling. So I suppose, look, you know, it, it, it does. It, it does kind of set itself up, and it does really set itself on fire, I suppose, at, at semi-final level. And uh, but I suppose, look, we are a work in progress in Carlow, and there is a number of clubs who we would be hoping that will make the step up to senior level in the next couple of years if their progress at, at underage keeps, uh, you know, keeps, I suppose, keeps on target. Like you know, so I think that'll increase the, the competitiveness of the championship uh, in the years to come. Exactly, and hopefully, fingers crossed that that can happen in the next couple of years. And as we say, don't want to belittle anything because it is great to win your county title as well. And the lads that do win it go on and represent Carlow very well in the Leinster Championship. And you never know, we're always hoping here that it can be a, a Carlow and Kilkenny club final later on in the year between the two champions as well. And you never know, that might happen yep. again this year. Joe, no doubt you'll be looking forward to the weekend as well because I think it's a, a triple header of games that's actually going ahead on Saturday now as well because I know there's two of them being covered here and I'm going to give details of those later on as well but thanks a million for joining me on full time again this evening nice to be able to have a nice frank chat this evening that I'm not rushing you um, so thank you very much for that and we will chat again uh, very soon uh, when it comes near the semi-final stages of the Carlo Senior Hurling Championship uh, and as always enjoy the games the weekend Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Perfect. That was Joe Nolan, an absolute gentleman. When we did eventually get him on the phone line, that was my fault. It wasn't Joe's because I was actually dialing the wrong number. So there is a Joe out there who has several missed calls from a Kenny number. Well, it was Casey at all trying to ring you in case you're wondering. Anyway, I am going to take a quick break. But before I go, because one of the other members of the Left Wing podcast is, of course, Mr. Kevin Regan. And he was supposed to be joining me this evening as well to discuss the Sligo rally that was on over the weekend but of course unfortunately that was cut short after the sixth stage um, because of the tragedy that was there and Motorsport Ireland have released a statement as in today which reads Motorsport Ireland is deeply saddened to confirm Jean MacDonald aged 35 and Dara Maguire aged 46 as the competitors who lost their lives in a fatal accident which occurred at yesterday's Sligo stages rally which was organised by Connacht Motor Club. As the governing body for four-wheeled motorsport in Ireland, Motorsport Ireland together with Ongarda Siakona have begun a full full investigation into the circumstances of the accident. The thoughts of everyone at Motorsport Ireland and within the wider motorsport community continue to be with the McDonald and Maguire families and friends, the organisers of the event and other members of the motorsport community who were present at the scene, Ariesde Gurev Ahonamnika and we all here in KCLR as well send our deepest sympathies on to everyone affected there and including the whole of the Motorsport Ireland family because we know how deeply affected it has been over the last 12 months and our sympathies go to everybody who was involved in yesterday's fatality. May they rest in peace. 
full-time on KCL Or with thanks to the full range of Volkswagen commercial vehicles at Lahards, the home of Volkswagen in Kilkenny, lahardsvolkswagen.ie. Full-time on KCL Or, your weekend sport in review with Martin Coulty. Welcome back into full time with myself as we approach five to seven on this Monday evening. And Mr. Owen Carey is in the building. He is going to be belting out the tunes from 7 pm until 10 o'clock this evening with fully loaded. And you wouldn't know, you might even get a rant or two out of him as well, depending on what's affecting poor Owen this evening. I don't even know yet. I haven't met him. He's just walked in the building. We'll soon find out. We have three live games later on this weekend coming as well with two of them, three of them even, on Saturday four live games even, we have starting with the All-Ireland Intermediate Camogie Championship semi-final between Kilkenny and Derry, that's at one o'clock from FBD Semple Stadium in Thurles, and myself and Anya Farrell will be, I'm sitting from Paula Dowling actually Anya can't even be bothered to come it's actually the sub, Paula Dowling is in we are heading to Thurles to bring you all of the live commentary for the Camogie semi-final and then later on Brendan Hennessy and Terence Kelly are going to be bringing you commentary for JJ Cavanagh and Sons Senior Hurling Championship doubleheader live from Netwatch Cullen Park first up at 5.30 it is the meeting of Mount Leinster Rangers and Ballincalen and then at 7 o'clock you have Bagnallstown Gales and St Mullins while on Sunday it's the big one it's the All-Ireland Senior Hurling Championship final Kilkenny and Limerick in Crow Park with a 3.30pm throw-in and we will have all the build-up here all this week and on Sunday as well and talk about build-up we are going to have build-up on Friday night from Matt the Millers as we have a special freeview show from 8 to 10pm and all of the Scoreline Sports team will be there to bring you lots of fun and crack maybe some goodies you never know and we're asking supporters to please come along in your black and amber and join in the chat and the fun ahead of the all Ireland final. Right, I have a quick ad break to take. When I come back, I'm going to be announcing the electric player of the week and if I don't take the ad break, I am going to be shot. I think I have an ad break. Have I? One minute and 46. Ken, is this the ad break for the news? I don't know. I'm going to play it anyway. If I'm early, I'm early. Let's see. Here we go. Ad break. Coming up. Keeping you in the game and in the know. Full time on KCLOR with Martin Quilty. Yes, it is almost 7 o'clock. Don't panic. We are not coming to the news yet because the boss is in the building, but I would rather be early for the news than to be late. But anyway, we have a quick few things just to get through. The Kilkenny Supporters Club has asked me to announce that the Senior Hurlers Training and Holiday Fund players' tickets are on sale at €10 each or a book of six for €50. First prize is €3,000 in cash. Second and third prizes is €1,000 in cash as well. So please support that if you can. Also, next Monday evening, I'm on the road along with the sports team because we are headed to UPMC Nolan Park for the Kilkenny Senior Hurling Team Homecoming and we are going to have music and entertainment from 4 o'clock and the show will be coming to you live from UPMC Nolan Park next Monday as we hope to be returning with the Senior All-Ireland Hurling Champions. Talking about champions, it's time that we announced this week's Player of the Week, the Electric Player of the Week, with thanks to Lahart's home of the all-new Volkswagen ID Buzz. And the winner is, this week, drum roll please. The winner is Mr. Kieran Quilty. No, no relation to me. 
and I had no hand or heart for picking it either. Kieran came on at halftime during the All-Ireland Junior Football Final between Kilkenny and New York, helping to overturn a five-point deficit by setting up Mick Kenny's goal and grabbing a point for himself. Keep an eye on the KCLR socials after 7 o'clock this evening for your chance to win €100 Euro cash and congratulations once again to Kieran Quilty. And for more details, see our sports website scoreline.ie forward slash electric. We are going to have lots of events coming up over the week. There is going to be gift cards giveaways, ticket giveaways, you name it. The sports preview show on Friday evening from Matt the Millers. Don't forget, 8, 10 o'clock, get out in your black and amber colours, come down, see us all. We will be there live with the sports team and lots of guests and predictions and the whole lot that can be going who knows and as I said Mr. Owen Carey is in the building he's looking cheery so you can be sure there's lots of good music coming your way between 7 and 10pm this evening and we will be on the road as we said with full time next Monday evening as we come to you from UPMC Nolan Park that's it for me it's time to head to the news talk to you next Monday enjoy the match bye